Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read from verse 15 and 16. Hebrews 13 verses 15 and 16. It says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Just for a very quick recap on how we got here. There are several acceptable ways of forms of worship. In other words, worship that is acceptable to God. Number one, how we treat one another with kindness, with love. That is worship to God. Number two, how we give to the kingdom of God and to needs that God brings to us. When we sow, when we give, God is blessed by that. That's an act of worship. When we bring more people into God's kingdom, when we share our faith, when we express God's love through sharing with others what God has done, when we evangelize, when we win souls, that also is acceptable ways and means of worship. And then last week, or rather last two weeks, I spent time in talking about personal virtue and holiness, living in a wholesome personal virtue before God, walking as light in the Lord. Even as we are now light, the Bible says we should bring forth the fruit of that light. Amen? Amen. Treating one another kindly, lovingly, giving to the kingdom of God, winning souls, and walking in personal virtue. Four things already that we already talked about that is an essence of worship. Why do we talk about worship? We talk about worship because you need to recognize you are not saved so you can avoid going to hell. Now, if you are saved, you will not go to hell. But you must understand that not going to hell is a byproduct of being saved. If hell avoidance was the reason for you being saved, God would not have made you to begin with. And therefore, hell will not be a factor. If you are not created, hell is not a factor. You get that? But you are not also saved just so you can go to heaven. Because if you were saved just for heaven, you will get born again and go to heaven immediately. But you are still here. So if you are still here, it's obvious that God has something greater in mind for keeping you here, for allowing you to be here. Surely, being saved, heaven is a byproduct. I'm not taking heaven away from you. I'm just telling you, you are here to live out a greater purpose. So you are saved so you can be an expression, expression of God's delight, of his pleasure, of his goodness. So you can bless him. So you can demonstrate to our world 
how great and how good this our God is. Amen? Amen? All that being said, we come to the final submission this morning on the essence of acceptable worship. Hebrews 13, again in verse 15. Therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Now, I want to reemphasize, if you look at that verse 15, it says, therefore by who? Him. Him referring to who? Jesus. You cannot worship if you don't know him. You may speak worship. You may speak praise. You may even pray. But I'm saying to you this morning, from the authority of the scriptures, if you are not regenerated in your human spirit, if you are not born again, you cannot offer to God worship that is acceptable. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15 and many other scriptures that through him, by him, Jesus, not Mohammed. Mohammed was a prophet. He lived out his day. But he himself will have to stand on the day of judgment to be judged by one greater than him. You cannot praise through Buddha. All of those are human entities who had a beginning and an ending. And they lack like you and I. No, they are not sufficient. I'm sorry. But by him, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and only through me, he says, you can have access to God. So now, I want to re-emphasize that this morning because it's important we recognize the reason for our gathering the reason we're able to lift up our hands, open our lips, and bless God is because of one person. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. It begins with him and it ends with him. That's why the Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the ending. And by the way, it's also the in-between. Wherever you find yourself today, Jesus is there. He said, where two or three of us are gathered together, there I am in your midst. So, by him, by him and through him, we are able to worship. Psalms 24, verses 4 and 5 says, well, verse 3 starts, he said, who shall ascend unto the holy hill? In other words, who has the right and the authority to come before God's presence? And he defines it for us. He said, you must have clean hands, pure heart, a heart that is not lifted up to idols, and he who does not swear deceitfully. Four things. When I look across this auditorium this morning, when I look in my own life, I don't always have clean hands. I don't always have pure heart. Every now and then, I lift my soul up onto idols. I dream, talk, look for that exotic vacation. That wonderful cruise. Alaskan river cruise. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm a human being. And sometimes we swear deceitfully. So by God's definition, none of us will have qualified to come before God. Enter the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who took our place. Removed our dirty hands purified our hearts. The one who has never at any given time lifted his soul unto an idol 
and the one that does not swear deceitfully. He took upon our uncleanliness and exchanged for us and gave us his perfect, complete righteousness. He said, as long as you are in me, you have a right to come before God. And so this morning, this is the reason we can be here. This is the reason Hebrews 13, 15 says, through him, through him, that we should offer unto God a sacrifice of praise. Let me read that again. Say, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. So we know that through him we can come. But the verse also says continually. Continu- say continually. continually. My goodness. It, made, it took the time to remind us how often Pastor Charles we must do this. This praise that God is asking for, that is sharing with us to offer to him, is not something we offer when we just feel like it. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise. (laughs) Sometimes alone, when I feel like it, in the morning alone, in the noontime, midnight hour, he said, but his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That already factored into the equation. Bank, there will be times when you don't feel good. There will be times when you're walking through the life's rugged terrain. Yes. There will be times when you come into contrary situations. Yes. There will be times when the winds will be very boisterous. There will be times when things will come against you that will very well threaten your very existence and your life. But in spite of all of those things, he says, I will continually, I will not pay attention on these circumstances because I recognize they all have an expiration date. They may start today, but they cannot last forever. Rather, I will keep my eyes on the one who sits upon the throne, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is the beginning and the end, the bright and morning star, the one who said it and it came to pass, the one who speaking and he's yet doing it. The one who is the son of the living God. The one that is almighty. The one that is wonderful. The counselor. The mighty God. The prince of peace. The everlasting one. I will keep my eyes on him because I know when he speaketh, he makes it come to pass. He has not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Hallelujah! In those days when you're not feeling good, in those days when the enemy attacks your body with sickness, with pain, in those days when your money is short, when you cannot pay your rent, your mortgage you cannot be paid, your card note you cannot pay, your job gave you a sack paper. In those days when all things look gloom and doom and darkness is coming upon you, in those days the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth because you see I may be down today but tomorrow I will arise again the righteous may fall but it will arise seven times hallelujah the enemy cannot put me under the enemy cannot put me out why because I have one living within me his name is called Jesus you hope and Jesus in me the Bible says is greater than everything else 
That's on the outside of me. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise. If gasoline becomes ten dollars a gallon, I will bless the Lord. Why? Because I recognize my supply is not based upon the Bank of America. My supply is not based on Fidelity Bank. My supply is based in heaven. My Lord shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I will bless the Lord at all and his praise shall continually Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give him praise in the house. Somebody give him praise in the house. Somebody give him praise in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Folks, I'm telling you, God's word can never lie. He means exactly what he says, and he says exactly what he means. He said we should allow this praise to be continually. I don't have time to take you there, but I'll just paraphrase it. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David, the man of God, who just gave us Psalm 34, he knew what he was talking about. He was the one that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. David, how can you say that? Maybe David, maybe you've never been through trials. David, maybe you are able to say this because you've never been through any hard time. David, maybe you are not saying this because your child has never been sick. Your wife has never been sick. Your husband, whoever it is, nothing bad has ever happened to you. Is that the reason, David? No. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. You see it. Don't turn there. I'll give it to you because we need to move quickly. David went on a raid. He came back home at Ziglag. When he returned home, not just his house was in flames. The Bible said the entire city. We look at North Carolina. We look at Haiti. We look at all these nations and we see the calamity that the flood and the hurricane has brought. And we empathize with them. And we should. But in David's day, it was not just one house. The entire city was devastated. And everything they owned or who owned them, their wife, their husbands, their children, their cattle, taken in captive. You're talking about catastrophe. He came back and all the men that were around him, the Bible said, were so displeased with him and they wanted to stone him. You're talking about having a bad day. People that rejoiced with him when things were fine. People that say, ah, oh, you're a man of God. You prophesied it came to pass. <laughs> all of a sudden, they had losses and they reversed their testimony. The Bible said, David was so distressed, even him, that they cried until there was no more strength in their body. <laughs> Have you ever cried like that? Where you cry until your eyes are so red and there's no more strength in you? Yes, David did. Yes. But thank God for David. In spite of the fact that the entire city was burned, they have lost everything. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord 
He is God. Do you know that God this morning? Because on the day of calamity, oh my God, your access to the throne will be your experiential knowledge. Not some head knowledge that somebody told you about a God. But the fact that you have already been regenerated in your human spirit. You know he's God. When you know he's God, no matter if your world is falling apart, oh, you have an anchor. You have an anchor this morning. You have a refuge this morning. You have a strong tower this morning. You have a fortress this morning. He's a person. I'm talking about Jesus. He's the anchor. He's the refuge. He's the strong tower. He's the one who is able to keep you from falling. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Look at what he did. He did not call for Dr. Phil. Because he knows that Dr. Phil needs help. He did not turn on the Oprah show. No. He didn't. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And he called Abiathar the priest. He said, give me the airport. Give me the airport. Everything is falling apart. But I know a place. Hallelujah. I know somebody that if I can just get a hold of him, my God, he's the one who's able to reverse my misfortunes. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what the enemy has said to you. I don't know what misfortune has come upon you. But I'm telling you about one this morning who's able to bring a reversal. He's, going to be, he's able to bring a change. He's able to bring a turnaround. Hallelujah. He's able to turn your captivity captive this morning. His name is J-E-S-U-S Jesus. Hallelujah. And the priest brought the airport. And the Bible said, he inquired of the Lord. Oh my God. He said, God, shall I pursue? And God thundered back in answer, yes. Not only will you pursue David, you will not fail to recover all. I bet you, the enemy will be, he will, be, he will regret that he ever attacked you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Satan will regret the day he thought of attacking you. He will regret the day he ever thought of challenging you. Why? You are God's property. You are bought by God. Paid for by God. Owned by God. Accepted by God. Chosen by God. Adopted by God. Hallelujah! 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 You will not fail to recover. Oh, I don't know if you really believe that. I said you will not fail to recover. Everything the enemy has stolen, he will pay. Seven times more in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 And lo and behold, David took the instruction of God and pursued the enemy. <laughs> you know the rest of the story. He recovered everything. Doctor, there is no time that the enemy has tried to take away from you through pain or sickness or whatever the condition is. I am telling you, God who is a restorer of all things has already added unto you in the name of Jesus. 
I see nothing but mileage ahead of you. I see nothing but strength ahead of you. In the name of Jesus, God is quickening your body. He's rejuvenating you. He's renewing your youth as the eagles. He's multiplying your years. He's adding pleasure to you. He's adding prosperity to you. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will regret before that he ever touched you. In the name of Jesus, because rather than destroy you, he has made you stronger. In the name of Jesus. Hey! Oh, hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Yeah! Yeah! Let me just read one more verse and then we need to move on. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3. Beginning from verse 17. Give it to me in the NIV. It's a little easier to read. Habakkuk 3, 17. This is the hymn of faith. Yes. What you are reading right now is the hymn of faith. Look at what Habakkuk says, the prophet. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Now, let me just pause it right there. To have this happen to anyone or any nation at any time is huge catastrophe. Everything at this point has failed. Because the plants and the animals that are itemized in this verse constitute the sustenance and the daily living of the average Israelite. So this prophet is saying, if I don't have a job, if I can't pay my rent, if I have no food on my table, if I have no clothes to wear, if everything around me fails, what do you do? Do you call opera? Do you make a deal with Donald Trump? Do you ask Hillary for help? When everything has failed, where do you turn to? Verse 18. Yet, I will rejoice. There is no food you rejoice? Are you kidding me? You will rejoice when there is no food? Francis, that's exactly what he says. He said, I will rejoice when these things are happening. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful. Please notice the focus of his joy. Don't miss that. He's not rejoicing because there's no food. No. He's rejoicing in the Lord. He's rejoicing in the God who is trusting as a savior. In other words, he's saying, yes, I may fast for today, but I know that tomorrow brings a new day. Amen. The mercies of God are new every day. Great is your faithfulness. Go on, sir. Go on, please. 
The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Ah, for we modern day people, we have no idea what the prophet just said. <laughs> he says, he makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to climb up on the heights. If you've not lived in the, in the bush, you have no idea what the prophet just said. That just went over your head. It was a good poetic statement. But this is what the man is saying. He recognized ideas. They traverse on rugged terrain. They don't move around on roads like this in America. Paved road and everything is just clear. No. Rugged terrain. And God has uniquely made their legs to be able to walk sure-footed on a rugged, uneven terrain. No matter how rugged the terrain is, they are better than your SUV. They can never fall. You have never seen a deer that fell down because the terrain is rough. So what the prophet is saying is, we go through the rough terrain of life, but I will draw in the God of my salvation who has made my feet like the deer's feet, who causes me to, who enables me to go on the height. In other words, after your humiliation through your circumstances, you will arise on the top of the height. There is yet coming for you a day of your exaltation. You may be humiliated today, but the story has not finished. It's not over until it is over. Say to your friend, say it's not over. Say it's not over. What you are looking at today will change by tomorrow because God is on the case. My case is different. Hallelujah. Ah, let me wrap it up. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice because sometimes you don't feel like it. But because you know the end from the beginning, you do it anyway. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. That's what we're doing today. Yes, I said at the beginning, we worship God by how we treat one another. We worship God by how we give to God and to the needs that God brings before us. We worship God by sharing our faith and witnessing and bringing souls to the kingdom of God. We worship God by walking in personal virtue in holiness. But we also worship through our thanksgiving. Through our praise celebrations. Through celebrating the goodness of God when we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. And let me just interject at this point that what you are seeing today, what you are seeing with your eyes right now will become a way of life for us at Workfront. We will always celebrate. Oh. <laughs> let, let, let me take a pause and break it down for you. Let me get a, take a pause and break it down for you. You see, when you recognize who you are and whose you are, 
then you begin to look inward and say, okay, what has God given me uniquely to distinguish me from someone else? And we looked hard and long. We prayerfully deliberated on what I'm about to say to you. And it just struck us. When a baby is born in this house, the way we come together and rejoice and celebrate. Case in point, AIG. When we have a marriage in this house, I have never seen a people who comes together like the way we come together and celebrate a new union. Am I talking? Do you guys recognize what I'm saying to you? When we have a Thanksgiving celebration, for whatever the reason is, people come together, not saying it's mine or yours. We just come together and own it together and celebrate it together. Even when someone goes home in glory, we've had a few of them. I have never seen a people come together as we've done on the occasion, bless the people and do it in a resounding way that glorifies and honors God. Having said all of this, I came to this one conclusion that in this house at Workfan, our DNA is celebration. We celebrate because number one, God has made us to be a part of his unique family. Let me say that one more time. Why do we celebrate? Why are we going to be celebrating? We celebrate because God looked all over the earth and chose Charles, Emmanuel, Jake, Dr. Norfolk, Sharon, Stephen, me, you, all of us, and say, you know what? I want to adopt all of you guys into my own family. Wow! What an astounding thing. Because when you become a part of God's family, there are attending benefits. Hallelujah! Number one, forgiveness of sins. Number two, healing for your body. Number three, protection. Number four, his tender, loving kindness. Number five, he renews your youth as the egos. He gives you wholeness and soundness in your body. Number what what that number is? Prosperity is also part of the benefit. So we celebrate first and foremost because we are part of the family. Secondly, and just as important, because God has invited all of us to be a part of his search and rescue committee. Hallelujah. Search and rescue. God is looking to bring others into the fold. To be a part of his unique great family. And he said, Bank, Stephen, Unkoyo, Charlie, I'm inviting you to be a part. I trust the skill you have. I trust your faithfulness. I trust the fact that you are prepared to help me go out and find others and bring them to the fold. Did you get that? We celebrate, number one, because we are part of the family. And number two, because we are part of God's search and rescue community to go find others. 
What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Every chance we get to celebrate forgiveness of sins, to celebrate healing of our bodies, to celebrate our prosperity, to celebrate our soundness of mind, to celebrate the fact that the baby is born, that a marriage takes place. Every chance we get to honor God, to acknowledge God, to say, God, thank you for being a blessing to us. Every chance we get, we will declare, we will celebrate, we will let heaven know that we are grateful for his goodness upon us. Hallelujah! That's our DNA. If you didn't know who you are, I just told you. You've been brought forth to celebrate. And so, two Sundays from now, I'm going to give you details on that. I'm going to give you details on that, two Sundays from now. Every marriage anniversary, we celebrate it. Oh, yes. You didn't hear what I just said. Every marriage anniversary, we will celebrate it. Why? We are called to build strong families. So when God keeps us together, why should we not celebrate? Every baby that is born, oh yes, heaven will know that we recognize every good gift and every perfect gift that come from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness, neither the shadow of turning. We are celebrating church. Every time we come together, we will celebrate. Did you get that? Now, everything must be done in decency and in order. And that's why I have to wait for two Sundays to bring to you how we're going to do it. But I can tell you right now, that friendship avenue will be declared open on those days. We will eat. We will marry. We will dance. I will dance like David danced. Amen. Because what? We want to celebrate God. Now, let me just close this message this morning. Let me close it. What time is it? Ah, we are doing good time. Can you believe this, guys? Yesterday was that your prayer that's been answered? We are going to leave before 12 o'clock today. Hallelujah. Celebrate that right now. <laughs> Praise God. Now, let me, just, let, me just, let me just wrap this up. Back to Hebrews 13. Verse 16. Because 15 and 16 go together. I said, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Verse 16. But, do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well placed. I need to mention this because this was Israel's huge failure. You can read this in Isaiah chapter 58. Let me just turn there as we bring this to a close. Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 7. I don't want us to make the same mistakes Israel made. Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 7. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Look at what they did. Yet they seek me daily, so they prayed. And they like to know my ways, they sought the ways of God as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. Now, they're doing well. All these things are good. 
Do you see this? They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Now, if we did half of this, we'd be in a good, a good shape. Everything they did here is good. Why have we fasted? They say, and you have not seen. Why have we afflicted our souls? And you take no notice. In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Now, this is the issue. They prayed, they fasted, they offered sacrifices, and they thought that because they did those things, which God demanded that they should be found with God. However, God is saying, yes, you did those things. My displeasure is in what you did not do. What is it you did not do? Verse 4, indeed, you fast for strife and debate. And strike with the fist of wickedness. What's God saying? God brings this back around to how we began. The very first acceptable will of worship. How we treat one another. God is saying, yes, you pray, you gave. You sent to me. But you still have strife among you. You still have wickedness. You have a grudge, unforgiveness in your heart. He says, but do not forget to do good. Yes, you can lift up your voice and praise me continually. That's true, that's good. But verse 16 says, do not forget to do good. Ephesians tells us that you and I were created in God, in Christ, in God, unto good works before the foundation of the earth. So as we rejoice today, I want to challenge us on this issue, on this one point of doing good. Doing good, being good to one another. Bury the hatchets. Forgive your brother. Forgive yourself. Let's live and walk wholly before God. By that I mean W-H-O-L-L-Y. Don't let our actions negate the things we do in praise and worship. Are you hearing me? Now, final closing. Final closing. Being good to one another, giving tithes offering, soul winning, walking righteously or holy or in personal virtue, you can do all of those things without being in church. In other words, you don't have to come here on a Sunday to do all of those things. But I'm bringing this around to help us understand why we need to be here when we're supposed to be here. Hebrews chapter 10 says, we should not forget the assembling of ourselves together. As is the nature of some. Now the reason this is important is, when I treat my wife or my friends well during the week, when I share my faith during the week, when I give during the week, when I walk in personal virtue and holiness during the week, when I come together with you on Sunday morning, you know what happens? Yeah. I'm charged up. I'm encouraged. I'm able to stimulate you and you stimulate me. So in coming together, we stimulate one another. Iron sharpens iron. 
the deep calls upon the deep. And therefore, we are able to encourage one another so we can go away on Sunday night and have enough fuel for another week. So what I'm doing away from church, when I come to the assembly in church, I get recharged, refueled up, and go back and redo it the next week all over again. Do you understand that? So we need one another. Don't stay away from the assembly. That's what I'm saying to you. Because when we come together, we charge one another, we refuel one another, we re-stimulate one another, and we're able to go back and do it again. Now, Hebrews chapter 11. Believe me. You'll be out of here. You'll be out of here. There's plenty of time to watch the Falcons today. It's at 4 o'clock. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Can you see the Falcons while you're studying? Yes, I can see them while I'm studying. They've been winning well because you guys have been praying for them. Yes. Now, let me show you something here in final, final closing. Hebrews 11 lists out the names of the Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers. By faith, Abel, or rather, Abel offered to God. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away. He did not see death. Verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely wonder of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Isn't it interesting that these men were listed in this order? Of all the hall of faithers, if you will, Abel was named first. And what was he known for? What was he named for? Worship. Worship. Hebrews 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered. Worship. Next one. Noah. Is it Noah or Enoch? I think it's Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. My goodness. Is it my glasses? Lord, deliver this overhead in Jesus' name. Bottom line is that <laughs> Dr. Shinadi, I mean, where is it? You are here? Deliver me, sir. <laughs> the bottom line is that Enoch walked with God. So, Hebrews 11, 4. Abel worshipped. He rested. Worship is a, an activity of rest. He rested. Enoch, because Abel has rested, walked. Noah, the third one mentioned, he walked. W-O-R-K-E-D. So you rest, you walk, and then you engage. As New Testament believer, that's the chronology. You start from the place of rest where you're seated together with him in heavenly places. Out of that rest of God, from his finished work, you can walk with God. Commune. 
fellowship. Out of the fellowship is born activities that God gave you to do. You worship, you walk, W-A-L-K, and then you work, W-O-R-K. Amen? Get in the place of worship. Because through worship, we generate the power where manifestations of God's glory is seen. That's how we got here. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time. We bless you for what you've taught us these several weeks. We thank you for bringing us a place of rest in your finished work. Out of rest is born our relationship, our communion, our fellowship, through which you engage us in works that you've given us even before the foundation of the world. Lord, I praise your name this morning that no matter what we face, we are encouraged to know that greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. And that we overcome all things through the faith of the Son of God, which is already in us. Lord, I thank you this morning that if there is anyone here who does not know you, who has not come to a saving knowledge of who you are, God, that your Holy Spirit is already drawing them, that you are speaking to them, you are talking to them, you are encouraging them to come to know the Savior, the Lord God Almighty. And so, Father, we thank you, we bless you. We do not close without recognizing what you've done in your servant, Dr. Nofiok, and his family. We thank you, my Lord and my God, as we celebrate you in every aspect, knowing that our DNA is celebration. We celebrate you through him today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for keeping your servant, for blessing your servant, for causing his life to be established and to prosper and to taste of the goodness of who you are. We bless, we honor you for the celebration that ensues today. So that when men and women look at us, they say, why are you celebrating? We say, we celebrate because God has been good to us. We celebrate because you have been our Ebenezer. You've helped us thus far. And because you've helped us thus far, we have a point of reference that you continue to help us. Thank you for that man and woman today who needs help. God, as they look at Dr. Nofiak, as they look unto you, God, may you not be far from them. May they see the manifestation of your goodness and your help in their life. Thank you, Father. We honor, we bless you now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Yeah.